Hey, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. Today is kind of an exciting time because at Christmas there's so many things around the Christmas story. We've kind of jumbled them all up. Even on our set, we saw I saw a picture up here we put that we'll, we'll put it up again next week. It was just a, it was the, it was the Magi coming together at the same time uh, to the manger. They did not come to the manger. The Magi come sometime later. They came to the house. If you read what the Bible says, and, and most, most scholars believe it's about a two-year span that they came. We're going to see they didn't come within eight days because Mary and Joseph, or Joseph and Mary, they're going to have Jesus, uh, they're going to fall through the Abrahamic covenant, having him circumcised. They didn't come within the first month because we're going to see Mary was considered unclean and she couldn't even enter into the temple until she waited for her time of purification. So we know the Magi didn't come within the first month or so, month and a half of being uh, of the birth of Jesus. And we know that they were very poor because we know the gift that they gave. Only poor people could give the gift that they gave when they, to offer the sacrifice during the purification time, which was two turtle doves. So we know that they were, their status was not uh, that of wealth. Their socioeconomic status was at the bottom. And how did they make that trip into Egypt? Well, that's when the Magi came later. And Mary and Joseph, Joseph and Mary, were people who are, the Bible calls them righteous before God. They were right before God. So if the Magi had come and given them gold, frankincense, and myrrh, what would they have done with that supply? They would have sold some and made that a higher offering of a lamb to God. That's how we know that they, the Magi hadn't come yet, because they were righteous people. And they would have given of their best to the Lord, and they gave pigeons. We'll see this in just a moment. It was allowed under the law. God made provision for those who are poor. So God's made provision for every mankind, every man, woman, boy, and girl. So Luke chapter 2, verse 21. We won't get through verse 41 today. No chance of it. But I, I was ambitious when I put that out in the, in the notes. So, but we won't be there. Let's read uh, from the word of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Let's begin. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child... His name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And who was the angel that gave the, the name Jesus? His name is Gabriel. We know that. that. That's who spoke to Mary, and we assume that's who spoke to Joseph, even though he was unnamed when he spoke to Joseph in the dream in Matthew, the scripture we read previously. Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, was completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. And by the way, as I read through this, this is, I'm on number two. Look how many times you see the law of the Lord, the law of God. There's always the law. Jesus was born, the Bible says, under the law. He was born into the Old Testament period of time. So as it was to the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves are two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Not Lord Christ, the Lord's Christ. This is a messianic promise. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the, the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the, what does your Bible say? The law, there it is again. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Inter interesting note here, not part of the sermon, interesting note. Simeon means hearing. 
Had Simeon heard from God? Yes, he had heard from God that he would not die until he had seen. God used his senses. And he didn't just see the Son of God. He actually holds him. Watch this. this he gets to hear from God. He gets to see God, and he gets to touch God. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, that's to you and me, by the way, and the glory of your people, Israel, that's to the Jewish nation, the Hebrew nation. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let me stop there before we get into Anna. If we get a chance, we'll get into Anna. But we're talking today about the sermon is just simply Simeon's song. Simeon's song is salted with the Holy Spirit. Simeon didn't come up with this on his own, and uh, church tradition tells us that this Simeon was a part of the, the, the council there, the, the Sadducees potentially, or, or Pharisee. He was in the temple on a regular basis, but he went above just having the title and walking around, around with the nice robes. He had come to the place that he was actually studying what the prophet said about the coming Messiah because he was so hungry, driven by God, to actually see the Messiah. In his pursuit of seeking the Messiah, God, the Holy Spirit, had come to him and said, you will not die until you actually see the fulfillment, the consolation of Israel. You'll see the salvation, the one who is bringing salvation You'll see him before you die. So Simeon knew every day that he woke up, he would imagine he'd walk around the temple and he'd be looking. Now he knew he couldn't look into a woman's face, obviously because it was a messianic promise that it would be a male. It'd be a Hebrew male. So he's looking around. Is he the one? 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 Lord, who is he the one? And the Holy Spirit said he would let him know who the one was. Now every mother you know as well as I know, if you read tradition, that she was hoping that her son was the Messiah. And now we see in the, from the Word of God, let's get to the notes, I'll show you uh, some things that I found out and just going, wow, every year I preach through this. How many times can you preach the Christmas story? You can't get into all of what the angels uh, said. You can't get into all the happenings that happened because it's so much material and there's such a limited time. But go to your notes, I want you to see this today. Jesus was born under the law. And what does that even mean? Go to Galatians 4. I'm going to give you a, this is a preview for next week. We're going to go there. Galatians chapter 4. And this, if you would, go there and we won't put it up on the screen. I want you to work for it today. Galatians 4. When you're there, say amen. Galatians 4, and we're just going to pick up in verse 4 and 5. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born how? Under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that he might receive the adoption as sons. Why did he do this for you and for me? That we might actually be received the adoption. Adoption is something today we talk a lot about, about someone adopting, parents adopting a child. They choose that child. They, they want that child. And this is what the Bible was saying about God. That God knew that we, he created us in his image, Genesis one twenty six. He knew that we sinned against him. He knew that we had turned our backs on him, and every thought that we had, you have, I had, before Christ is wicked. It's evil. It's dark. That's John chapter 1. We know he says that of all of us. He came to the world, and the world loved darkness more than it loved light, because he is the light of the world. 
Well, we, this passage here was very clear. We come in and see that he did this so that we might be adopted by God. We might be called the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God. God did this. He created us, and then he redeemed us. Now, let's look in your notes. This is something that's kind of a little bit ironic. Much of God's word was fulfilled at the temple. Joseph and Mary obeyed the law of God, of Moses, and kept the covenant of Abraham. So we got two Old Testament characters here that are involved because they obeyed God back in their day. And therefore, the Jewish custom was if you're going to participate in the Jewish lifestyle, if you're considered a Jewish man, you will be circumcised on the eighth day. On the eighth day is when you would also receive your name. Remember we read about Zacharias when he named his son? He said, give me something to write on. His name shall be called John. It made no sense because no family member was named John. Usually the son, especially the firstborn, would take on the father's name or, or the family name. Well, let's continue. He, they were right, they're righteous people before God, the Bible tells us, that she was actually a, a virgin, that she had lived a lifestyle, probably a teenage girl. She was prepared to do the work of the Lord, whatever God had called her to do. And lo and behold, she didn't know, but God had called her to be the mother of our Lord. Isn't that amazing to think about? She was not the mother of God, because God always has existed, but she was the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was 100% man, 100% God, and I told you before, I can't figure out how that 200% works out, but he's God, we're not. Later, they returned to the temple to redeem their firstborn, who was the Redeemer. Does that sound like a tongue twister? They paid the price to redeem their son because every firstborn, there was a price for him, and I gave you this, I'll give you the scripture later. There was a price for the firstborn who opened up the woman's womb. There was a price God required of her and of the husband. So they went to the temple to offer sacrifice, but also to pay the price of redemption for their son. It was a small price that God required, but God still required it of all Hebrew children, especially the firstborn son. Or it was even your firstborn cattle, there was a requirement. There was a firstborn. God's very much interested in the firstborn. Any of y'all firstborns today? You're all the teachers and all the ones who were the rule followers, right? Tell everybody else what to do. Yeah, happens a lot. Well, listen, the firstborn was some special position for the Lord. And birth order does make a difference even at how we behave and act today. Do you know that? Any of y'all babies of the family? Yeah, you're the cut-ups, right? You're the ones that everybody called spoiled. Get away with anything. Middle children, you don't know where you belong. You're the ambassadors that were waiting to be approved to go around the world. You'll, you'll be yes to both sides. You can figure it out. Go into the Word of God and look at this. This is in your notes. Joseph and Mary obeyed the covenant of God on the eighth day of Jesus' birth by naming Jesus and completing his circumcision. Now, what does the name Jesus mean? If you, Old Testament version of the name was not a new name. It wasn't just a, a name that Gabriel pulled out of a hat. The name Jesus means this, Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah God, the name title for God, is salvation. Joshua, Yeshua, right? Old Testament, Joshua, he was a savior. That was not his birth name. Moses actually gave Joshua that name. Did you know that? If you go back and read the Old Testament, Joshua wasn't born Joshua. He was renamed Joshua that he might save their people because he was taking over from Moses. Well, here, God picks the name. Jehovah is salvation. God is telling through the angel Gabriel that this one that's born, he shall be called Jesus because, we read it earlier, he will save his people from their sins. Aren't you glad of that today? Aren't you glad that you have a Savior who will save you from your sins? Some of us are. Some of us like our sins more than we like the Savior, right? 
We sing O Holy Night like we're recovering from hookworm disease or lemonade poisoning, right? Fall on your knees. We should be celebrating. This place should be rocking when we sing. That's one reason I don't love Christmas songs because they're high-pitched for women to sing and they're slow. I like to crank it up whenever we sing things. I want to celebrate God. And we did celebrate. I can, I can calm down for service, but most Christmas music, if you hear anybody that knows me, I get frustrated. Like, Mary, do you, did you know? That's a dumb song because Gabriel told her before it even started, right? Before conception. So, yes, she knew. This is for the answer. If you ever sing that song, she knew, okay? She knew, all right? I'm digressing. Let me get back to the scriptures. If you're interested looking at circumcision, the requirement for Abraham was in Genesis 15, but also in Genesis 17, 1 through 27, you can go read what thus said the Lord, what God commanded of anybody that would follow in the lineage of Abraham. Mary had to obey the law of God for her purification. She didn't just get to go into the temple on the eighth day. That was when Jesus was named and his circumcision happened. And then, you know, circumcision is still happening today, and that's a big, when our kids are coming through, that was a huge controversial statement at the hospital. You would have doctors, pediatricians, nurses saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and even pressuring you not to do it. And I haven't had kids in quite some time, so I don't know what, the, what the, the culture is there today. But circumcision, obviously, there's some medical benefits to circumcision as well. God knew all of that before he put this out for his people. But this was the covenant. This was the covenant of losing. And Jesus, the ironic thing when I thought about this, is he actually bled for us from the beginning. And he shed his blood for us at the end of his earthly life. Isn't that amazing to think about? He was in the covenant of Abraham. He was of the sons of David, right? David was his earthly, if you would, follow Joseph's lineage back. You follow Mary's lineage back. Both lineages goes back to King David. So he was within the, the, the realm of the kings, and he was within the realm of Abraham keeping the covenant. He was in the realm of Moses because his mom and dad did exactly what the law said to do. Even though they could not keep the law, even Paul himself said, it's impossible to keep the law. That's why we needed the grace of God. That's why we needed the blood of Jesus Christ so that we might enter into a new covenant, this new day that we live in. We don't have to offer our pet sheep as a sacrifice, do we? We don't have to go and get, go look for things and offer money even to the church or, or, or to a temple. We don't have to follow all these religious rules. It's by faith that we're saved. And when we're saved, we want to go do those things, not kill our sheep, right? Uh, but we want to go and do things for other people. We want to serve the Lord with gladness. Well, because Jesus was their firstborn, God required a special sacrifice, which his parents completed. Exodus 13, 1 through 15 tells us, and also in Numbers, look at Numbers, just, uh, just take a, a quick look at Numbers 18. I want you to look there. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. Y'all, y'all know your Bible? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. If you're new to the Christian faith or you're not in the faith yet, go to your front of your Bible and turn like this. This is, this is I encourage you, this is a tool God has given us in our language, Right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, mine's on page 168. And that's how you have to use the Bible. Go in and use the Bible for your own good. Numbers 18, when you're there, say amen. Y'all beat the pastor. I put lotion on my hand. I can't move it. Can't turn the pages. All right. Amen. I'm finally there. Verse 15. Go to look at verse 15. Everything that first opens the womb of all flesh which they bring to the Lord, whether man or beast, shall be yours. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man you shall surely redeem, 
and the firstborn of unclean animals you shall surely redeem. And those redeemed of devoted things you shall redeem when one month old, according to your valuation, for five shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, which is 20 gerards, or basically five pieces of silver. Now, anybody have a child that you redeemed? Anybody come to a, when they do baby dedications? Should we start charging for baby dedications so you can redeem the kid? We don't. Why? Because we're under the grace of God today. This is something that God has done for us. He's redeemed us. His parents were under the law. Jesus was born under the law, so therefore they had to do what the law said to do. Just the ironic thing is they're there paying their redemption price for their son, their firstborn son, and yet he was going to be the one who redeemed them, who bought them back. It's amazing to think about, isn't it? That she was there and, and Joseph was there paying the price. Here's what's crazy about this and, and what God does for you and for me today. If we would just think just for a moment. Look at the next point. God provided a way for Joseph and Mary to keep his law. God gave the law knowing they couldn't keep the law, but God gave them a way to obey the law in the firstborn son. Because so many people, scholars would rip it apart saying, ah, oh, Joseph and Mary did not go to the temple and pay what they were required to pay. Joseph and Mary did not go to the temple for purification if it was not in the story. Isn't it amazing that we have a doctor writing us the, if you will, he's going through and writing, Dr. Luke is writing and telling us specifically what happened. He's given us details that many people uh, would not have given us. Mark would not have given us these details. I call Mark the ADHD disciple. He was all over the place. And this happened, and this happened, and this happened. He just tells you quickly. But Luke slows down and tells us specifically he looks back, he looks present, and he looks forward. It's amazing to read the, the Gospel of Luke. Well, notice this. We're going to turn our, our attention now when we transition. And behold, verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout. Now, those two words, if you look in your notes, it, he was righteous and just, meaning he was right with God in his everyday relationships. He had a good prayer time. He had his worship relationship. He made the sacrifice. He kept the law as best a man could keep the law. But he was also just. He was a man, and when he dealt with other people, he was fair. He was righteous when he dealt with other people. His language was that of a Christ, of, of a follower of God. And today, that relates to us as Christ followers. He was a righteous and just man. He lived righteously before his God, and he lived justly uh, before his fellow men. Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that even mean? It's Old Testament still, not New Testament. He was filled with the old Holy Spirit. Sometimes people say, I just want to pray for the feeling of Holy Spirit. Some churches teach that the pastor and other elders got to come and lay on their hands on you so you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. They take something out of the book of Acts out of context. Who is the Holy Spirit? It's not an it. He is God. He's the third part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Do you think God would do his business day by day, his holy business, through a sinful person? He can use them. We know that all good things, right? All things work for the good of those who have been called of God, those who love him, right? We know Romans 8, 28. We know that, that we can actually say, well, that, I don't like that. That was evil, but it, God turned it out for my good. You ever had one of those stories? All this piled up, and it just seemed like it was not going to end, and it's going to end badly. I'm thinking about even, the, even, even natural disasters. I'm thinking about the things. We're praying for the folks in Kentucky and all the Midwest that, that's been hit by this awful storm. Can God use that for his glory? And the answer is yes. But it doesn't make any sense to say that, does it? 
especially those that are hurting, except we can just say it and we believe it to be true because we've seen time and time again how God has used things in the scriptures, in history, but also in our personal lives. Well, this man was righteous. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. That means he was consumed with the Holy Spirit. His direction, finding equipment, was built by the Holy Spirit. Every time he turned it on, every time he would say, uh, speak a word with God, God would uh, affirm in his heart, you're going to see the consolation of Israel before you die. Could you imagine waking up every morning going, this might be the day I die. You think he was ready to die? He couldn't wait to die. Watch, I'm going to show you. He was ready to die. And it wasn't that he wanted to die. What was it? He wanted to see the Savior. It wasn't, but he ties in death. He's going to party with death. Watch this. He's going to celebrate. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him, how? By the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. It's ownership there, not the Lord Christ. The Lord there is Yahweh, the, the name of God, the, the great name of God that the Hebrews would know. You're going to see his Christ. And y'all know Jesus' last name is not Christ, right? Don't, it's not Jesus Christ. That's not his last name. That's his title. Jesus was the Savior. God saves, right? He is Jehovah, is salvation, and Christ was the promised Messiah. So when you hear the word Christ, think of the word for a Jew would be Messiah, the one who's going to redeem us and save us. Now, unfortunately, they thought he was going to save them from Rome and be their conquering king. They, they wanted a warrior king, and God sends them a meek, strong, humble king. That's not what they wanted. That's why they rejected That's why they said when he came into town as a man, they would shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us now. And then when he didn't seem to save them the way they thought politically he should save them, they shouted just a few days later, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And then they even mocked him when he's on the cross saying, come down, if you're the, if you're the Messiah, show us your power. You saved others, save yourself. Does that sound like us today? The name of Jesus Christ is a name for so many people. Like myself, it's the sweetest name ever named. It is the name by which I have been saved. But so many in our culture have used his name as a curse word. They'll use the name of Jesus as flippant as they would use any other word in the vocabulary that we have today. They, they embarrass themselves before God by using the title of Jesus in a foul or unintelligible way. Don't you know, don't you to see this? The Holy Spirit confirmed to Simeon he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. This was God's messianic hope. If you're today of a messianic Jew, that's a believing Jew. They put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they believe that Jesus was the Messiah, so therefore they received the title of messianic Jew. You say, why so many times Jew and Gentile? Why does it feel like we're always separating the two? It's because God separated them back in the day. He chose them as their chosen people. Even this rite of circumcision, they would call people who were Gentiles those uncircumcised Gentiles, right? It became a pride issue versus a covenantal issue. They knew it was part of the covenant, but they received it as part of a prideful thing. Same when they come here, Mary and Joseph were receiving it as the covenant. They, we are commanded to do this thing by God, so therefore we're going to do this thing. I'm commanded of God to, to wait for my purification. I'm going to do what he says to do. Simeon was led to the temple by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. He saw Jesus and held him. He blessed God with a song or, if you will, a prophecy. Look what he says. So he came by the Spirit, verse 27, into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, 
he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. He's like, I'm going to die now. He was excited to actually, it's finally happened. God said it would happen, and here it is being fulfilled. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Did Simeon believe that Jesus was the Savior? He would have known better than you and I what his name meant. He would have heard that his name was Emmanuel. And I'm sure the stories had been buzzing around the temple of all the things that had transpired around the birth of his child. He says, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. Aren't you glad that the gospel is universal? If we're preaching in China today, this is the same truth we'd preach. In the middle of the continent of Africa, any pick a country, this is the gospel we would preach. If we were in India today, this is the gospel we would preach. There is but one name where people are saved, and that name is the name of Jesus. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me or by me. This is the beautiful thing and the beautiful picture of Christmas. When people say Merry Christmas, they're prophesying for Christ or against themselves. If you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, every Christmas is a judgment day for you. Do you, do you understand that? He came to save sinners from their sins. If you've never received Jesus, then you're still in your sins, and you will pay the full judgment price that God requires, which is death. That's why God created heaven, so that we might be with him. And that's why he created hell. So that those who choose, he created hell, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, God created hell for the devil and his angels. So then why do humans go there? It's because they reject the message of God. And then today in our culture, in the new covenant, they reject the name of Jesus Christ. What about all these other people? Let me, can I give you some words of advice? If I were you and you were me and, and we had a discussion, I wouldn't worry about everybody else, I'd worry about yourself. You're going to stand one-on-one -on -one before the Lord Jesus Christ. And once you get it right with God, guess what he does? He gives you a heart and a concern for your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your co-worker, your professors, your teachers, whomever it might be. As soon as you get right with God, then he turns your heart around and says, now let's go. And just like this, the prompting of the Holy Spirit that led Simeon to the temple so that he might fulfill the very thing that God said, the Holy Spirit will prompt you and me to go and tell someone about the love of Jesus Christ. The, the Holy Spirit will prompt you. You'll know exactly who it is. There is never confusion with God. Let me say that again. There's never confusion with God. Is there division? Oh, yeah, there's division. Every time you name the name of Jesus, just if you would, when you're out somewhere, drop Jesus' name. I just love Jesus. And watch what happens. It's like oil and water. The Christians will be like, you'll get the crazies like us, like me. Hey, amen, listen, listen, and start talking about our Savior. But for the most part, you'll run people away. They'll want to get away from you thinking you're one of those. Can I encourage you to be one of those? Amen? He's worth talking about every day of the week, especially this time of year. If you don't have anything else to say, teach your children that this season truly is about Jesus Christ. That he's the reason we're celebrating. Well, let's continue. Simeon celebrated God's perfect salvation. He celebrated that this salvation was for, here's the beautiful thing, all people. All people. And later in John, we, we preached through it already, John 3, 16, he would say what? For God so loved the world. That's all people. That whosoever believes in Jesus, this is Jesus talking about himself, whosoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but have everlasting life. This was the promise that God made to the entire world. Jesus said, this is the whole reason, guys, ladies, that I come. 
I came that you might be saved. You might have life and have it abundantly through me. This was the purpose of Jesus' coming. And in Romans 1, 16 and 17, what did he say? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, for you and for me. Does that make you excited? God was thinking about you. You were on his mind when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus came to this earth, you and I were on his mind. Even before the foundations of the earth, the Bible says, we were on his mind. Let's finish up. Joseph and Mary were amazed at what was said about their son, Jesus. When Simeon says these words in verse 32, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him, then Simeon blessed them, and I believe he blessed all of them. I believe he blessed Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. You'll see there in your last notes. He prophesied of the future acceptance and rejection of Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. When did that sword pierce her heart? When she's standing at the foot of the cross. Mary was there the day he was crucified. Could you imagine as a mother, even as a father, it's hard, but giving birth to a child, knowing that he was a supernatural birth, knowing that God had done a supernatural thing, knowing that he was praised worthy, that he was your redeemer, that all the things have been said about him, and then you watch your own son down the cross. And you know that he has to because it's been prophesied that he would, and God won't change his mind. The Bible says God is immutable. He will not change his mind. He will not change his ways for anyone. That's why we're to share the gospel now before someone dies. So many people will help, uh, hope that the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church is correct, and they are not because it's not in Scripture. There is no purgatory. There is no place to go and hang out until your family prays you out or pays you out. It doesn't exist. There's heaven and there's hell. There is no in-between. We've got to get the word out there because what happens is you'll have a false hope. I just hope I can pray my family member out of this place. You can't. It is the point of a man wants to die and then the judgment, the Bible says. Finally, listen, when he prophesied about the rejection of Jesus Christ, look what he says. This is heartbreaking. Yes, the sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Jesus is the searcher of our soul. Did you know that? He looks in your heart and mind today. He knows exactly what you think. He knows where you are spiritually with him, either knowing him as your personal Lord and Savior or not knowing him at all. You can't fake him out. You can fake everyone else out around you. You can trick everybody, but you can't trick Jesus. He knows your heart. He's the searcher of men's hearts. He knows those who choose evil over good. He knows those who choose him over the world's goods. So many people are chasing after stuff. And what's happening in America, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a judgment, but also it's a blessing from God. What's going to happen when inflation gets so hard and so high we can't afford to even get food? Where do we turn to? Every time that in the past when the church suffered persecution, what happened? We turn inward towards Christ and we turn inward towards each other and we rely heavily on God. When everything's good, when, all the, when the weather's fine, what do we do? We go do our own thing. But when it comes to tough times, when times get tough for you and for me, what do we do? If you're wise at all, you will turn to the Savior and you're to the Savior's children, if you will, sons and daughters of Christ. 
Listen to this quote by Warren Wiersbe that said of Simeon. He was a man who was led by the Spirit of God, taught by the Word of God, and obedient to the will of God, and therefore he was privileged to see the salvation of God. Isn't that a good word? I'm ready again. He was a man who was led by the Spirit of God, taught by the Word of God, and obedient to the will of God, and therefore he was privileged to see the salvation of God. That's a good word for Simeon. What about for you and me today? What teaches us about Jesus Christ? What inspires all the hymns, the true biblical hymns of the faith of Christmas? It is the Word of God which is our authoritative source. That's where we get it from. There is no other place. We, can't, we don't dream it up at night. If someone has a vision, listen, if someone says, I had a vision, or there's a lot of people today that's dying, a lot of people are dying, and say, well, I was dead, I saw all this about heaven, and they're selling books and CDs, making movies about it. It's a bunch of hogwash. I want to tell you, if anybody tells you anything about heaven that's not in that book, it's not from God. There are no new visions. You read Revelation, it's a closed book. What has been said has been said. God's not going to give you, he's not going to give me, or any other person who sensationalizes what happened to them. They might have seen some things, but I'm telling you, God's not going to give them extra biblical revelation so that you can actually open the white pages in the back of your Bible and place that in there. But today, Christians want to see something, and, and they're like everyone else. We want to see something sensational. Because if it's fired up and sensational, then it's got to be from God. Did you know that the devil can appear as an angel of light, the Bible says? He can fake you out. If Adam and Eve, being perfect men, um, perfect man, perfect woman, can be led astray and sin against God, who are you and me? We have sinful nature. We're born into sin, so therefore we have a tendency to go away from God before we would ever go to him. And by the way, you can't go to God the day you decide you're going to go to him. The Bible says God draws you to himself. It is God who does the drawing first. And then it's you and me who responds, yes, Lord, yes. We submit our lives to him. We surrender fully to him, saying, my life for your life, because he's already given his life for our life. Isn't that a beautiful story? That's the picture of Christmas. It's either about celebrating the goodness of God by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to the world to save sinners, which we're chief, right? Or it's judgment day. Every time you see a light, if you're not a Christian, every time you walk down and see a Christmas tree, you see a Christmas ornament, every time you see somebody say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, every song you hear about Christmas should be a judgment song for you if you don't belong to him today. Here's my plea and here's my request of you today. If you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved, let today be the day of salvation. Let this season of Christmas be the time you say, listen, I can't take it anymore. I don't care if you've been a church member for a long time. I don't care if you've been in some house for a long time, a house of God for a long time. I don't care if you've been a denominational leader. I don't care if you've been a deacon, elder. It doesn't matter. We all have to come the same way, and that way is by the path straight to the cross of Jesus Christ. He died for us. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again, just as the Scripture says. So my brothers, my sisters, my friends this morning, you have a choice. Will you receive Jesus Christ and make him your Lord and Savior as he draws you to himself? Or will you reject him and say, no, later? If you say later, maybe, maybe tomorrow, maybe Christmas Day. You're not guaranteed Christmas Day. But a wait till later is a no. And a no is a no. For those of us that are Christians, what, how should we live today? Like Simeon did, like Mary did, like Joseph did, in a very righteous manner that we're right before God. If God was to inspect our life, which he does, the Bible says, every single day, he sees us when we're standing, sitting, laying down. The Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. It is God who's made us. We are his, the sheep of his pasture. 
He's always watching. So how is our relationship with God? Is it righteous? How is our relationship with each other? Is it just? I'm treating you with fairness. I'm treating you with kindness. I'm being righteous towards you because I get my instructions from God. My language is righteous and just. My actions are righteous and just. My thoughts are righteous and just. You say, well, Pastor, now you're meddling because we're getting into thoughts, right? We all sin. The Bible is very clear. You can't live a perfect life. You don't become perfect. But he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that a wonderful God? He's a wonderful God. Let's pray together. Father God, today, as we're, we know that we're in your presence, not because we're in this building, but because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We don't have to invite you here because this is your place. You're already here before we got here. And when we come, we bring the church with us. This is just a building whereby we meet. Father, this Christmas season, we see Simeon, we see Mary Joseph, we see Zacharias, we see Elizabeth. Lord, all the characters, human characters, playing the part because they're righteous people before you. We see Gabriel speaking a word because he's a righteous angel before your throne. Lord, thank you so much that you sent the Holy Spirit to guide these men and women, and you guide us today. The Bible says you never leave us nor forsake us. That's what Jesus said through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, today I can stand here saying I am filled with the Holy Spirit because it's not something I've done. It's because of the gift that you've given me. And I thank you, Lord, for that gift, that we can walk daily in the presence of God, giving ourselves more and more to you because there's no more of you that you can give us. You give us 100%. And Father, may we be the people of God who give ourselves to you each day through study of your word, through praying, through helping others in need, through caring for the fatherless and the widows. Lord, let us be the people of God you want us to be. We desperately want to make your name famous and spread it around just like the shepherds did that time when they came and the angels appeared to them and said, Behold, today a Savior is born in the city of David. Lord, let us be like those shepherds. People might not accept our message, but let us spread it. Let us be uh, fulfilling what you've called us to do is go make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we can't do it without you because this Christian life's too hard. But no, we can do it. You can do it through us. And thank you for using us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.